0: Welcome to the Antioch Austin podcast. Wherever you're listening from, we hope this message encourages you. For more information about Antioch Austin, please check our website at antiochatx.com. Hey, well, happy 2020. It's a new decade. Crazy! It's really exciting to be in a new decade. I know that I missed you guys this past Sunday, but I hope you had a great time using your law boxes at home, doing church with your family. It was a great time being with my family. I got to be with my in-laws this Christmas in Stowe, Vermont. I think I actually have a picture of me and my wife up here. I'll get out of the way. There we go. Beautiful. Oh, that's right. It's my beautiful wife, Emily. She is uh, helps me lead our college ministry as well as she's our church administrator. If you haven't gotten to meet her, for go meeting me after the service. Go meet her. She's amazing. She's definitely my better half. J.D. can verify. But we got to go to New York, and I, and I just want to get, excuse me, to Vermont and then New York. And I want to give a tip to every single one of you who's never seen a white Christmas marry into a family that lives in a ski town. That's what I did, and it worked out just fine for me. I've had a few white Christmases since then, so it's been It's been great. It's been a lot of fun. And I'm super excited to be with you guys today to kick off 2020. But before we jump in, there's one more important order of business. And that is there are two very special birthdays that have happened recently. Yesterday, our very own executive pastor Chris Ottz had a birthday. And tomorrow, our lead pastor J.D. Griffin has a birthday. So let's give it up for them. There we go. They're both turning 55. No, no, they're not. Seriously, so thankful to get to follow these guys, get to be on their team. They're incredible. Uh, wish them a happy birthday because they are well deserving of having, being celebrated. And we're thankful for you guys. Chris is at home with his six sons. So when you see him next week, wish him a happy birthday. Will you guys pray with me? God, thank you so much for a new year. God, I thank you that when we come into a new year, it can be a time of reflection and anticipation. It can be a time where we look back and see all that you did in the past year. But it's also a time we can look forward and say, God, what do you want to do? What are you going to do in this next year? And God, we just pray that even over our time this morning, Lord, would you stir fresh faith in us. God, as we hear your word, as we talk about the upcoming year, God, would you just stir an anticipation in our hearts of how good you are and how you want to move in our lives. So God, we just pray, would you come and be with us in this room? God, thank you that you say where two or more are gathered that you're there with us. So God, we thank you that you're with us this morning. Would you open our eyes and our ears to hear what you're doing and see what you're doing? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, well, I am so excited to be with you guys. And and I know coming into the new year that there are two different types of people. There are those of you who love New Year's resolutions. And then there are those of you who stay away from them at all costs. So I I need some audience participation. Remember, y'all are going to help me help you today. So if you are with me on the loving New Year's resolutions front, will you just raise your hand so I can know who you are? Okay, thank you. Thank you. Okay, you can put your hand down. Now, if if there's those of you who maybe you're you're a little skeptical, you're not as much on the New Year Resolution strain, will you raise your hand? Okay, good. Good 50-50 crowd in here. I like that. Hey, it's okay. I know those of you who don't like it, you probably fell victim about three years ago to a good gym deal, and you only went twice, and you've been skeptical ever since. I get it, but I fall on the other side. But I I do have a story of when I failed a little bit that I want to let you guys in on. Each year... My wife and I do a deal called Roles and Goals. It's a little worksheet that helps us look forward and say, hey, what are the things that we're involved in and how can we set goals around that? We look at that our, our finances, our relationships, our, our physical goals, our health, and all of these different areas of our life. And we say, okay, well, well, what can be some goals that we look at into going into this year or into this new school year, whatever it may be. And those of you who know me well know that I'm a little bit optimistic, that at times I can shoot higher than I may actually be able to achieve. It's true, thank you. Uh, Those of you who don't know me, just take my word for it, or ask my wife. But I can be a little bit optimistic at times, and so sometimes I set goals that may be a little too far ahead of me, but when Emily and I had just gotten married, we had decided to do this roles and goals together, and we had started setting some goals, and there was one that I thought, you know, I think I can do this one. We decided that we were gonna do something called Whole30. Now those of you who, there you go. Those of you who don't know what Whole30 is, it's it's a 30-day span of time where you only eat healthy food. You basically eat meat and vegetables, and it helps cleanse your body from bad cravings and all the things that you're not supposed to eat that I love, like sugar and fruit. Uh, You can eat some fruits, I think. I don't know that much about it. But for some of you, that that may be easy for you. But for those of you that are like me, whose my diet beforehand was cinnamon toast crunch and Chick-fil-A... This was a big adjustment for me. This was a big, big change. But we jump in into day one and, man, I feel like I am on top of the world. I'm killing it. I'm eating fruits and vegetables. I'm doing great. I'm eating all the yummy meats. And I'm like, man, this is easy. My wife packs me snack bags throughout the day so that even when I'm hungry that I can still eat. And and I kill it on day one. I'm like, oh, 29 more. I got this. Day two, I come in, same deal, have an amazing breakfast cooked by Emily, and she packs me a lunch to take to work, and I take my lunch, and then it happened. A day in to whole 30, it happened. That I get this email. Now, for context, I was working at Antioch Waco at the time, and every semester we would do these things where the, the HR team would just throw in a treat at everyone. So sometimes it was getting to do something fun in the afternoon, sometimes it was food. And, and because I was still in school, I had missed every single one of these for the three years, two and a half years that I had been there. And, and we get an email that says, free Pokios for all staff until 3 p.m. Now, those of you who aren't from Waco, Pokios is the greatest ice cream cookie that you will ever eat. It has a home-baked chocolate chip cookie Bluebell ice cream, and then another home baked chocolate chip cookie. So clearly, I, I'm day two of Whole 30, and I'm faced with this troubling reality. <laughs> I can uphold my, my roles and goals that I've just created, or I can take advantage of what I've missed the last two and a half years and just eat a simple little ice cream sandwich. So I did like any of you would do, or maybe not. And I went and I got a Pokios and I ate the whole thing, man. I was like, if I'm going in, I'm going in all the way. Literally ate this thing and I'm feeling so good about myself. And, and just to be clear, I did complete Whole30. It just completed in 30 hours rather than 30 days. So I, I tricked myself into feeling good. I felt good about it. Until I got home and I was like, oh, shoot. I now have to tell my wife who's preparing a Whole30 dinner that I did not make it a day and a half. So I I go home and I I tell Emily, it wasn't a fun conversation. Hey, babe, I ate a hamburger-sized ice cream sandwich. (laughs) Oh, and by the way, since I had already broken it, I also ate the free donut that was offered to me. (laughs) Now, I know all of you guys have more self-restraint than me, so you probably would have at least made it three days into Whole30. But I think all of us can relate to this feeling of not making it to these goals that we shoot for. That we set these hopes in our minds, we set these dreams of especially coming into the new year of, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit this dream or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this goal. And we start to set these goals in our mind and you may not hit it. And whether you like New Year's resolutions or not, whether you like setting these large dreams and goals in front of you or not, I think all of us come into the new year thinking about how we can change and grow. Whether you write it down, whether you talk about it with friends, it's always going to be on our mind as we enter into a new year. Thinking, how can I grow? How can I get better? It's this innate sense inside of us of we want to improve. We, we want to somehow get better in 2020. But in the back of our mind, we have our track record running behind us. I'm thinking about pokeos as I think of my goals for this year. And I'm getting hungry right now talking about it. Goal for 2020, eat more ice cream sandwiches. So we, we come into the new year like we always do with these high dreams and these high goals. And, and then for us, it, sometimes they don't change. Nothing changes. And we can get stuck in this cycle where we go through this hope-building time of, of I'm going to improve my fitness. I'm going to be able to run three miles by the end of the year. And then you wake up in November and you can't run a half mile. You can't walk down the block, right? Then we get in this cycle of, of these hopes and dreams and then they get crushed by what can be our reality. That our, our desires and our goals don't actually meet up to what we're doing. Or, or maybe for you that you're like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop this sin that I was living in. And then you look up and you've, you've done it again. Or I, want, I just want to lose this few pounds. I want to lose five pounds and I'll feel better about myself. And then you look up and, and nothing's changed or Or maybe you're just like, I just want to change this one place that I've been selfish in my relationship. If I can change that, I think 2020 is going to be a great year. And then, then you get mad at your spouse or you yell at your roommates again. And it's just this cycle of building our anticipation and then our goals getting crushed underneath us. And before we know it, it's January 5th and four out of our five resolutions we've already broken. You ate pokios 30 hours in. And our minds can begin to spiral. You see, it starts with this innocent desire of, I want a better self, I want to grow, I want to, I want to make 2020 the best year yet. But then something happens, and when we don't meet up to our plans, it can turn into, I like to, to picture it like Krunk from the Emperor's New Groove, that we've got this little angel on one shoulder and the little devil on the other, and it can just turn into this mental battle of, you come on, be better, be better, oh, you'll never make it, you'll never make it, right? And in our heads, it just starts to turn into this mental wrestling match, that our minds can can. Shoot for this goal and then see the failure inside of us. Now, one solution that that you may turn to is that, okay, well, if I know that I'm not going to make my goal, I may as well shoot super low. I may as well just be like, okay, well, you know, 2020, my goal is to get out of bed every day. Right? Way to go. If you do that, congratulations. Or maybe for you, if you're more like me, you're like, well, I'm probably not going to hit him anyway. So I may as well look great and shoot for the moon. I'm going to run a marathon in February right? That's kind of what my mantra would be. Then maybe you swing to the other end, but, but both of them end up in this same thing where we realize that this new year, new year, new year, new me thinking infiltrates the way we live. That It, it goes from just being a, a January thing to being the, the, this thought process of, I could get better, oh, I'm not going to make it. I could get better, Oh, I'm not going to get there. And it starts to infiltrate our thinking. And, and I honestly don't think that that's God's desire for our life. That we would get stuck in this failure cycle where we dream and then we fall and then we dream and then we fall again. Now what I love about following Jesus, I love a lot of things about following Jesus, but you'll hear me say this a lot, is that everything we deal with, God has addressed here in this book. And that's why there's so much hope in following Jesus is because we're not in this alone. We're not in it without a guide. We've been given a wise counselor that leads us and we've been given a book that gives us ground rules for how to live and ways to live our life. And so everything that we deal with, this mental wrestle that we're going through, God actually paved a way for us to know how to deal with it. So if you guys have your Bible with you, you can open it up. It's going to be on the screen behind me. I apologize for how tall I am. I know that sometimes shorter preachers make for easier to read screens. So if you need to, I'm not throwing any shots at anyone specific. But if you need to use your phone, if you need to use the Bible, a paper Bible, ask your neighbor if you don't have one. But we're going to start reading in Romans 12. A verse that I love that that the Bible speaks straight to this cycle that we can get stuck in. In Romans 12, verse 2, it says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. You see, God knew that we were going to conform to this pattern. This way of thinking where we never measure up to our goals and we never measure up to God's desire for our lives. That he knew that we were going to get stuck in this pattern. So he gave us the word of God. He gave us a promise that we could hold on to. He knew that we wouldn't measure up. And because of this, we get this clear instruction to renew our minds. It says renew your mind that instead of getting uh, d- discouraged to instead be encouraged that you can renew your mind... And if some of you are like me, then, then maybe when you read this, instead of being like, wow, that's amazing that I can get out of this cycle. I can stop dealing with the, the lies that I'm believing or the sin habits that I'm believing or these bad things that I want to get out of. And I can actually renew the way that I live. Instead of that, you start thinking, well, that's a great idea. How the heck am I supposed to get there? Well, what does it even mean to renew my mind? To, to renew my mind? I don't, I don't get that. Or, or If I can renew my mind or if I thought I had, then why am I still struggling with these bad thoughts? Why am I still struggling to kick this habit that I wanted to get rid of? Why am I struggling to meet up to this, this image that I've created in my head? And we get stuck in the world's patterns. But I'm so thankful Again, for the word of God and for the author of Romans, Paul, who went on in another letter to even clarify what this means, that not only can you renew your mind, but he goes on to explain how we renew our mind in Ephesians 4. Again, if you have your Bible, feel free to flip to it. It will be behind me. Ephesians 4, verse 20, going through 24. It says, but that is not the way you learned Christ. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him, as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. I love that Paul starts to give this not only to the believers in Ephesus, but he's actually giving it to us. He's giving it to the believers who he knew would struggle with this moving forward. It's this instruction of not just to renew your mind, but how do you renew your mind? How do you break this cycle that can be the pattern of the world in our lives? He encourages us first to put off our old self. He says, all those things, put them off. And then he says, the renewal is done with the spirit inside of you. It says to be renewed in the spirit of your minds. That you're not doing it on your own strength. There's no way you alone can take all the bad things out and put the right things in, but you do it with the spirit inside of you. And then he says, we can put on this new self that Jesus died for. The new self that we get to walk in. Going forward in in Ephesians 4, he then goes on to list all of the things that that we need to put off. And and I encourage you to read it, but kind of summarizing through some of the verses, he he tells us to put off lying. He tells us to put off anger, to put off theft, to stop tearing people down with our words, to put off wrath, anger, uh, slander, and malice. That he says all of these things, guys, take them off. Put them off. Take them out of you. Take them out of what you're doing. And then he turns and says, but put on. Kindness, tenderness, forgiveness. Then he starts to create this pattern of that renewing your minds actually isn't this crazy thing that only a monk can do. I think for me, when I, when I first started thinking about renewing my mind, it seems like, oh, well, that's for like the super spiritual people that don't talk to other people and they wear the robes and they can renew their mind. And Paul says, no, no, no. You can do this. You actually, you can do this. All you need to do is put off your old self. Take these things that you've dealt with, the lying, the the slander, the anger, take them and set them aside and put on forgiveness, put on kindness. He said, you know those things you struggle with? Hey, just set them aside. Cutting down your roommate with with rude words or dishonoring your spouse or believing those lies in your head. Hey, just, just set those aside. And then repent of it. I love, I love thinking about repentance, that repentance is, is different than confession. You see, confession is just getting it out. It's saying, oh, I've done this. Oh, that feels better. But repentance is saying, hey, you know what? I've believed these lies about myself. I'm going to put them there, and I'm actually going to go over here. I'm going to walk away from them. I'm, I'm going to walk away from these things that when he says to put them off, he doesn't mean just get them out. He means put them off. Do not have them anymore. That we can empty these things of inside of us. But he, he doesn't just stop there. He challenges us. Hey, what are you going to put back inside? What are you going to put on? Are you going to put on forgiveness? Are you going to put on kindness? And pardon my handwriting. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do as best as I can here. But I think for me, when I think about renewing my mind, it helps me when I can say, okay, it's not actually that complicated. That Paul actually gave us a great picture of what it looks like to renew our minds. To get out of that cycle, the pattern of this world as it's called in Romans 12. To get out of that pattern and to set our minds on a fresh thing that God has for us. Paul says, you know what, there's actually three really easy things that you can do. And the first is this. Nice water bottle. Repent. He says, first, I need you to put away the sins that are inside of you. And, and for you, maybe that's something that's new to you. Maybe you've, you've never gone to someone or you've never gone to God and said, hey, these are the things that I've done. These are the thoughts that I've had. These are the actions that I've had. Maybe you've never repented of your sins. Or maybe you have and you're going through your life and you just realize, man, I've been doing all these things and I need to repent. I need to set these down and walk the other way. I think for for a lot of us, a place that we don't even realize that this needs to happen is in our thought processes. That we we can get trapped in, especially in this new year, of believing these lies in our thought patterns of of who we are, who who the world says we are, who we think we are. And guys, the more that we believe those lies, the deeper they go into us actually thinking their truth. You've got to repent. You've got to get those lies. You've got to get the things that you're dealing with out and get the truth in front of you. And the next thing that he tells us to do is to renew. He says, repent of your sins. Repent of the things you're going through and renew your mind. When he says that, he's saying, hey, you're not just putting off the old self, but you need to put something back in its place. Jesus told a a parable that he said that when someone came in and they cleaned all of the evil out of their house, and they chose not to put anything back in, and and seven times the evil came back and filled the house. Guys, that Jesus even warned us that when we, it's not just about clearing ourselves out to renew our minds. Renewing our minds is putting truth back in. It's saying, okay, these are the lies I believe. Okay, where can I find scripture in here? Where can I go through this guidebook and say, this is the truth that I can hold on to. This is what I I can believe. Okay, this is what I believe about myself. What does the Bible say about who I am? It's putting truth back in. It's memorizing scripture. Guys, I'll, I'll be the first to admit, I'm not great at memorizing scripture. But you've got to find truth to renew your mind. If you want to walk in that new way that he has for you, if you want to walk in his good and perfect will, as Roman 12 says, then we have to put in the truth of who God says we are. We have to put in the truth of what Jesus says. And then the third is this. Remind. That no matter how good of a season you're in, no matter how great you're you're doing at repenting and and renewing your mind, no matter how many times you you come and you you get clean, you've got to remind yourself about that truth. Guys, there's there's a difference that that you can even see in a believer when you meet someone that's followed God for 60 or 70 years because they've done the hard work to remind themselves of how faithful God is, to remind themselves of their identity, to remind themselves of, of their story with God. But guys, there's something powerful about not just repenting and renewing, but also staying faithful to remind ourselves. Maybe for you, that's putting a, a sticky note with, this, with your identity that God spoke over you on your mirror. And it's reading it over yourself every morning. Maybe for you, it's, it's finding accountability partners that you can go to when, when life is hard and they know the truth that they need to speak over you. They know the identity that you need to hear. Maybe for you, it's setting a reminder on your phone that, okay, I need to, I need to remind myself of who truth is. I need to remind myself of, of what I actually believe about God. I need to remind myself. Maybe for you, it's getting in the word every day, all of us getting in the word every day and saying, God, I'm gonna read about who you are because I, don't, I need to remind myself of your faithfulness. I need to remind yourself, myself. And guys, this pattern that we can go in of repenting renewing and reminding ourselves, it starts to renew our minds, that God starts to take out these patterns of the world that we've built in, the, the lust and the anger and, and these, these thoughts of disappointment, and he starts to, to fill us back up with hope and life and expectation and peace. And there's a, there's a story in the Bible that, that I think creates a beautiful imagery of what Happened in the physical that that looks like what we do in our minds. And it's the story of Jericho. Many of you have probably heard it before. But the, the people of God had been promised a land. That they knew, okay, across this way there's a land that God's given us. He's promised it to us. And when they show up, there's something there. This huge fortified city is standing in their promised land. And as they go in, they... They, they look at this city and some of them start to get discouraged. Some of them start to wonder what we're supposed to do. And Joshua, who's leading them at the time, hears God and God says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to walk around this city. For seven days, I want you to just walk around this city. Don't say anything. Just, just claim this ground for me. So they go and the people of God march the city. They don't attack the city. They don't throw anything. They just obey God. They're marching the city. And then as the the story goes, God told them on the seventh day to shout and declare that this is the Lord's land, that the Lord will take this land. So on the seventh day, they march and they shout, declaring, this is the Lord's. And the walls fall down and they rush in and they take this city for God. And I I, I love the picture because then they claim this land and they make it God's land rather than uh, an enemy's territory. And I love this picture as I think about it as our lives. That in our minds, in our lives, there's land that's been taken from us. Maybe it's lies you believe. Maybe it's, it's this sin that you can't kick or, or, or this habit that you're just stuck in the routine of doing. And, and all of us want that land because we know we, we want the, our minds to be clean. We want our, our minds and our lives to be renewed. And God says, hey, just, just go circle it. Give it to me. Give that. Take it off and, and give it to me. And then when it falls, he says, claim it for me. Put my people there. Take this place for me. Now, I don't know what your issue was that you may need to circle or, or what your issue is that you may need to pray into and believe into and, and to repent of and to renew and to remind yourself of. But for me, growing up, it was anger. When I was a kid, I, I, I couldn't control my anger. I, I would throw things at my siblings. I would yell, terrible things in my parents. My parents are actually here in the room, so I'm sorry. Uh, I love you guys. Sorry. I, I put 12 years of, of mileage on them for sure. And they, they went through this time wondering, man, how will this ever end? How, how is this anger gonna ever go away? And I can remember they, they tried everything. They spanked me. They, they gave me time out. They took away my privileges and for years, I just continued in this deep, deep anger. Just this anger of, of, of my family, this anger at the world, this anger in, in competition that it just got worse and worse. And I can remember, I don't remember when it was, around six, seven, eight, somewhere in there, that as my parents are going through this journey of how do we help this wild child turn into a, to a follower of Jesus? How do we help this crazy, Little boy, turn into someone who's, who's going to honor his family and, and honor God. And as they started doing this, this phrase came out. That they would say, Andrew, you're a restorer, not a destroyer. You're a restorer, not a destroyer. Now, I still got punished. I still got spankings and time out and all of that. Because they wanted me to know there were repercussions to my sin. But they started renewing my mind from a young age. That they started going through this of, hey, you can't do that. You can't, there's consequences. You need to get that out, but we're gonna renew your mind. You're a restorer. You're not a destroyer. That's not who you are. They would speak truth into me. It's almost 20 years later since they started using that phrase and I can still hear that voice come back in my head when anger starts to build up inside of me. Andrew, you're, you're not a destroyer. You're a restorer. Hold on to that truth. That's who you are. I remind myself of this often, that that's who I am. And I love this time of year to come back to it, this new year's resolution time. Because I really believe that this is a time when God uses our natural rhythms to help us see his will in front of us. To help us see where he's leading us and where he's taking us. And to set dreams not just based on this low expectation of ourselves or this high expectation of ourselves, But instead to set dreams saying, God, we're going to be with you this year. We're going to follow you this year. And I love coming back to Romans 12, what it says it says, "To not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind." And then I love how this verse ends. It says that you'll be able to attest and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing and perfect will. Guys, that the result of renewing our mind isn't about hitting these New Year's resolutions. It's not about making ourselves feel good, but it's about getting to God's will. that when we set our mind on being renewed in him, when we repent of of the wicked things inside of us, when we put truth back in, when we remind ourselves of who he is and who we've been made to be, the end result is that we look up and we're walking in the way that God has for us. And I just wonder how many of us, as we start to walk through this process with God of repenting and renewing and reminding ourselves that we'll look up at the end of 2020 at the first service in 2021 and we'll say, wow, look what God did. Look how amazing that last year was. Look how we walked in exactly the way he had for us and we never knew we were gonna get there, but we tested and we walked in his good, pleasing and perfect will because we renewed our minds. You see, it's not about shaping up, getting better, self-improvement, it's all about saying, God, I wanna live for you. I wanna live in a way that pleases you and honors you, so God, would you renew my mind? We're gonna have a time of ministry together where we get a chance to start this process, where we get a chance to say, God, it's a new year. I'm not gonna fall victim to the patterns that I've fell victim to before, but God, I'm, I'm gonna walk in the ways that you have for me. I'm gonna renew my mind, not just tomorrow, but today even. And for some of you, maybe you're, you need to, to take those patterns of this world that you've walked in and you need to go tell someone for the first time or maybe the second time or maybe the hundredth time, but you just need to repent of the things and say, I'm setting them down and I'm walking the other way. In just a second, we're gonna have some leaders come down and you can come share with one of them. They will hold your, your things in confidence. They'll pray for you. Maybe for others of you, you need to go to the word and you need to find truth. You say, God, I'm dealing with these lies. I need to renew my mind with truth. I need to remind myself of who you say I am. And maybe for some of you, you already know that and you just need to remind yourself of that truth. Remind yourself of who God's made you to be. Can we stand together?